When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cool for the summer. Okay, I get really hot. I mean, I start sweating and it's annoying. But (laughs) (laughs) we are cool for the summer. And you know what? As you join Everyone Talks to Liz, we're so glad you're listening. You have to stay with us this entire podcast because we are going to keep you so uber cool for the summer with music and movies and everything sort of pop culture-y so that you sound cool even if you're not, which would be me, a mom of a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old who remind me constantly, you're just not cool, mom. Uh, The laughing you hear is Michael Tamaro. Michael Tamaro! Hey, Liz. Everyone talks to Liz. I'm so excited. (laughs) Does everyone really do talk to Liz? Everyone talks to Liz. Who hasn't spoken to Liz? That's what I want to know. I'll tell you who hasn't spoken. Only the people I don't want talking to me. (laughs) Michael does entertainment he is the entertainment reporter star here at fox news and fox business but you have a title a specific team title now right they call it fox entertainment all-stars so it's sort of grouping all the resources of fox corporation Mm -hmm. and making the most of you know synergies and and uh, resources that we uh, best can. But so. in the entire galaxy of stars, you are the brightest shining star. Oh, this is why I love concerned. Liz. Flattery will get you everywhere with me. Flattery will get you talking to Liz. Talking to Liz. But Michael has a particularly fascinating story, and that's what we do here on Everyone Talks to Liz. We bring on people who have never let go. You want the persistence, battling through both low times and decent times and great times to climb your way up to the top that leaves our listeners thinking, well, wait a minute, why not me? Are you sure you had the right person here for this? Liz? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's why Michael's the right person. He started as an intern at Fox News. And here we are, fast forward to 22 years. Ay. And made it on television. Who would have ever thought? Certainly not me. Let's talk about how you how you sort of became who you are. Okay. I want to go back to the childhood, darling. So get get the Kleenex box. Okay, out. here we go. It's gonna be a long <laughs> trip down memory lane. <laughs> Where are you from? Born in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. Lived there for five years. Uh, my father was in retailing, federated department stores. He worked for Burdines at the time. And I uh, got a transfer to New York to be president of ANS. Dude, I, you probably I don't, don't even know what that is. Abraham and Strauss. Well, you were a West Coast. Yes. So think Robinson's May. Okay. All right. Got it. Uh, but it was a big regional department store here. And then he eventually uh, uh, transitioned over to Bloomingdale's. So we, he traveled a lot around the country to different regions and all that. So he brought us up and grew up in Long Island, Garden City, Long Island, Nassau County. How and many brothers, sisters? I have an older sister. She's nine years old. 
older than me. Basically, it's like, you know, I'm an only child. But, she, mm-hmm. you know, we were close. We still you are You were close. the baby prince. I was the, yes. And that's what they called me, the prince. Mm-hmm. Italian well, I was family. the baby a... princess. I was the <laughs> youngest of four girls. Uh-huh. And then my little brother arrived and there there went that. He, we call him Jesus because <laughs> you know, he finally arrived. <laughs> little brat. Love him, though. But uh, how how did you... <clears throat> first know that you were interested in entertainment. And I bring that up because if you're surrounded by the retail world, Mm -hmm. how come you didn't find that fascinating? I did. And I love the creative side of it. You know, I wanted to originally go, I thought I originally wanted to be a buyer. You know, the structure of corporate retailing back then was each division had a chairman who was the creative, the buying part of it. And then my father was the president, the financial part. And that's sort of how it's structured. I always wanted to pursue the career in buying. I also always wanted to work in television. I'm not sh- I wasn't sure in what capacity, but I went to the morning show here in New York back in the day, which was Regis Philbin and Kathy Lee Gifford. Oh. It was a local show on WABC, which I remember watching from day one. So before it was uh, national. Before it was syndicated national, yes. And I had the opportunity to go, and I just was like mesmerized about the lights, the cameras, the spontaneity, and the whole thing. And that sort of turned me on to television. Um, I graduated from college in 1993 from Fairfield University, worked for my father at Pergamon Home Centers for a year, couldn't get out of there fast enough, (laughs) and uh, I got an internship with Rush Limbaugh, the television show, uh, which was a nationally syndicated show back in the 90s, and I... They hired me, I think, three or four weeks later as a PA, and then I wound up doing audience for them and the whole thing, and I made a promise to him that I'd go back and get my MBA. So I did that for about two years, and then he was just like, okay. Because he had a very different way of looking at the world and responsibility. Yeah, sort of just being smart about your career Mm -hmm. and sensible and very practical approach to his career and the whole thing. And he was like, okay, ticky-tocky, when you you made a promise, time to go back for your MBA, and I did. Uh, It took me about three and a half years because I didn't have a business background. And finally, I graduated. And no, it was the September before I graduated. And I started going on interviews and the whole thing. And he set up a bunch of interviews for me at Bloomingdale's to get into their buyer their buyers program and their executive training program. And he, you know, pulled all his connections and the whole thing. And I didn't go on the interview. I knew where this was going. <laughs> Instead I came here to Fox News. Roger Ailes, who was the executive producer back then of the Rush Limbaugh show, had left NBC to form the Fox News Channel. And they were about a year in. And I didn't pull – I didn't even use that connection. I just happened to send my resume in. And a woman, Aileen Cohane, who was running marketing at the time, pulled me in for an interview as an internship. And I didn't hear for a long, long time. And I I got home. And my father was just like, now how do the interviews go? But Bloomingdale's. And I said, well, they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, well, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I went on an interview for Fox News to be an intern. And the whole thing He's like, how much are they paying you? I'm like, nothing. I was still a student technically, even though it was pretty much done. And he's like, well, did you get the job? I'm like, no. He's just like, I'm like, but I will. Don't worry about it. And I wound up getting the internship. And I started here the morning, October 7th, 1997, the morning after their first anniversary party. The tent was still out on 48th Street. And uh, uh, Jason hired me as a marketing coordinator, 
And then quickly, a manager. Once I got my degree, I became a manager. And I thought I'd be here for a year, two years, because I wanted to join the Bush campaign in 2000. And I just kept making it so interesting. They wouldn't let me leave. 22 (laughs) 22 years years later. later. Who does that anymore? But how did you make the transition from being intern to marketing to just getting stuff done? And I, I credit Michael, by the way, with this this little tagline, everyone talks to Liz, because when Roger Ailes was trying to come up with taglines for each of us, uh-huh. Neil Cavuto, you know, um, best business anchor in America or in the business and, and everybody else, you and he came up with everyone we talks did. to Liz. We were bantering about, you know, sort of brainstorming and we were going through the list of everyone you've spoken to. And I'm like, everyone talks to her. <laughs> and then he, Simple as that. And he threw in the Liz. And that wasn't even like that was the idea. It just came out. That was sort of the first thing that came out. And here we are today. And we're talking about how you went from being an intern to then actually making the jump here in New York, which is near impossible. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. I had to go to Columbus, Ohio, and then Cleveland, and then Boston to get to New York. (laughs) Michael, of course, just rises up through the ranks and ends up on television. There we go. How did that happen? You know, I did... I. There was a point where I really wanted to go on air, and that part intimidated me, what you just described, because that was that was the business model to get on air. You had to go into those local markets. Mm-hmm. You had to put your time in. And I was just – there was no way I was going to do that. You had to milk afraid. a cow at the Ohio State Fair. Yes. Which I was, is what I did, I and I'm proud of I didn't have the guts to do it, Liz Clayman. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> um, and I, also, I was also very interested in the business side of media and television, as I still am today. Um, and I think life just happened. I turned 40. I went through a series of personal uh, family setbacks, illness, death, and the whole thing. I had put on 50 pounds, I think by around 2010, 50 pounds more than this. And I lost it. I turned 40 and I lost all the weight. And something just sort of sparked in me. Actually, I know what that spark was. We went on set to visit Pan Am, which was a show on ABC for a brief period. Mm-hmm. We got a behind-the-scenes tour and the whole thing. And something just sort of clicked in me. I'm like, you know what? I sort of want to do this again. And I didn't do much, I didn't do a lot about it to pursue it at the time. And some uh, period of time lapsed. And Jeff Zucker had just gone to CNN. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of talk about that and how the threat they would pose to Fox News and the whole thing. Yeah. Um, that said, they did some. I had noticed something that they hadn't done. I guess we were about no, we weren't twenty, fifteen years. And at that point, mm-hmm. they started to pay attention to their own air. And there was a special. It was AJ Hammer, who was the entertainment person at the time at at CNN, and they were doing a an award red carpet award show for the SAG Awards. It, it was supposed to be a half hour, and the show went from a half hour to an hour to I think about two hours. It was pretty good, but AJ, something had, must have happened with AJ because it was his show, but he wasn't on it. Mm-hmm. There was this other reporter whose name, she's over at uh, CBS and Entertainment Tonight, cannot think of her name right now. Michelle Turner. Mm-hmm. Incredible talent, bright, the whole thing. And they kept going to her, and I was like, wow, they're paying attention to the screen. And I came back and I had this conversation with Roger. I said, you know, this is all low-hanging fruit. We should be doing some of this. And we, he yelled at me, got in my office, everyone hates Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, it's not going to be our bread and butter. But there's no reason. It's probably not even going to be our dessert here. But it could be a liqueur. It could be an after-dinner liqueur. And he's like, well, I'm not hiring anyone. Who's going to do it? I said, I'll do it. He's like, fine, do it. So, so you did the aperitif. 
The aperitif. The aperitif. The liqueur. Limoncello. Were you nervous? First time you were on TV? Terrified. Live. Terrified. And they threw me right into it. Um, at the at the red carpet at the Oscars. And oh. I, I don't even want to go back and look at that tape, but it was it was terrifying. Um, and I remember I was doing Fox and Friends first in the beginning, and Heather Nauert and Ainsley Earhart helped me out a lot. And Heather Nauert said something to me, and I still think about it. She's like, it's just time in the saddle. And it's true. It's like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, the more comfortable with yourself. And you know, the things that, you, that feel like a disaster in the moment really don't, it's not so bad. And either way, in live television, it's gone into the ether. But that said. Which is what I love about that. You have to have, <laughs> you have, to have your own shtick, your own personality, your own prism through which you look. Because entertainment reporters, investigative reporters, general assignment reporters are a dime a dozen. I remember Jose Rios, who was the first guy to actually hire me. He was running the assignment desk at Channel 2 News in Los Angeles, and I was just out of college. I had interned Mm -hmm. at KCBS. And he said, you want to be the person that people can hang their hat on. Like, what can we hang our hat on about you? What's special about you? Oh, jeez. I feel like I'm on the couch here. We should probably, I should probably sit on the couch. She should have the chair, Liz. Um, you know, I am the worst at selling myself. Is that the, I, someone just asked me this recently, and I met, I've been like living and selling everyone else and marketing everyone else. But when it comes to me, I'm like, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> um, You know, I try, to, I try to be authentic, which probably sounds cliche. Not at all. But in this business, it's really not. Um, I, I I talk about my life. I talk about my husband. I talk about our families as it relates to whatever I'm covering. Um, I try to make it fun. I said the news is so angry these days and everything is so tough and scary and whatever that this should be fun. And the best responses I get from people on social media are like, oh, you make us smile. You make us laugh. And I think it was P.T. Barnum who said, the greatest art is making people smile. I think mm-hmm. that's the saying. Yeah. His, his quote. So that's sort of my goal and my approach to all this. Yeah, being I authentic, which is a very hard thing to be because everybody's trying to be. What do they think a reporter should be? Live from criminal courts. When I first started, I kept saying Elizabeth Clayman, yeah. Channel 6 Action <laughs> News. You know, And my news director, Ron Bielek, who's just phenomenal in Columbus, said, can you just go by Liz? He wanted me to go by my middle name, Kate, because he thought Katie was more Midwestern. I yeah. said, no, I'm not going by Katie. Yeah. I'll yeah. go by Liz. Yeah. And he was right. He, what is? What do your sisters and brothers call you? you know? I remember when Katie Kirk started her first day on the Today Show, and this is a true story. She was Katie Kirk her entire career. Catherine. Yes! Catherine Kirk. It's the Today Show with Brian Gumbel and Catherine Kirk. Yeah. It didn't last. They changed that very quickly. And I was just like, wow. Just be yourself. Be yourself. And in the end, then you really relate to an audience. Well, what I relate to you about is the way you look at entertainment. And you have just sort of this ability to crystallize the hot things about a movie that's coming out, the challenges they have, the the push that they might get. And so what we wanted to do here for our listeners okay. is to just pick out some summer movies that are going to make people cool for the summer. Okay. Uh, so I want to whip through some of these. We'll so kick it cool off kids. with um, TV shows and movies. What is on your must-watch list? 
Should we do TV first? Let's do movies. Do movies. You know, the movies this summer are, have been so good today. My favorite one so far has been Rocket Man, the Elton John musical biopic. It, it was not what I expected. It, it's more of a musical than I thought going into it. And it is just so great. I was about to curse, but I won't curse. <laughs> <laughs> I always think we can curse on these. Um, the, Taron Edgerton is just a massive talent. Uh, you may know him from the Kingsman uh, movies. Mm-hmm. And this is his – he's had a career in Hollywood like I haven't seen in a very long time. His trajectory is like – he is the rocket man right now in Hollywood. And he did such a great thing. Elton John and his husband, David Furnish, uh, executive produced and wrote this movie. And he did such a smart thing, which is – you know, there's all these musical bios on Broadway mm-hmm. right now. There's The Share Show and Donna Summers, which was awful and the whole thing. And I I remember we just saw The Share Show. We took my mother to see The Share Show and like – an hour and a half into it, I'm like, we're not even up to the bagel boy. I'm like, I kept saying, Geez, where's, where's uh, you know, uh, gypsies, tramps, and thieves? Yeah, I but mean, Elton to focus on only one part of his life mm-hmm. instead of the whole thing. And it, it was just, and it, it made it all that much. You don't have to do the whole life, you know? And he was very smart about that. And he sort of, I think he sort of took his ego out, or a lot of them don't when, these, when it comes to these projects. You just referenced Broadway, um, obviously. Samuel L. Jackson started in theater talk about a great story wow he was hungry he'd go on welfare just like all actors back in the day when he didn't have a broadway show so well he's he's gonna take center stage right i mean spider-man far from home spider-man far from home you know i sort of fell out this is the eighth movie eighth spider-man movie there was three with toby Maguire and three with andrew garfield and i got completely burnt out which spidey do you like best i love tom holland there's something about so does this, my son Julian. Something about this young guy. He's so charming and so refreshing in his. I did not see his first movie, his his first turn as Spider Man. So I went I just went to London uh to cover the movie recently and I was sitting there I'm like, this is so fun and fresh and different and they're in high school and it's about love and innocence and it was great. Well, I, I like Toby Maguire because I, I liked thought him it was too. the same thing. Yeah, but it just got a little tired after a while, I thought. And and this time they're taking Spider Man out of uh Queens, New York, and they're sending him around the globe. But um, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson stars. It's his twelfth uh, turn as Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked him. I don't know if we have this. Do we do the nodding? Yes. Okay, ladies. <laughs> I asked. This is my cue. I asked him. You know, does it ever get old, or is it still fresh to you know revisit this character? And he had such an interesting response. I'm still sort of shocked about it. I'm not James Bond. I'm not looking for another job. I'm okay with being Nick Fury for. <laughs> However long they need me to be here. I can't see it. I just There's can't nothing. be associated with this character anymore. I need, There's no other I have to get out. So they are taking a little jab at Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. who constantly complains about playing James Bond to everyone's bafflement. Yeah. Well, a lot of these people, and everyone's allowed to be looking at the next thing. I get it. But yeah. you've got to be grateful. My dad used to say, sometimes you think you're in a rut, but you're really in a groove. And you have to recognize that. that. I love that. It's brilliant. It It really is. It also works in the reverse. Sometimes you think you're in a groove, but you're really in a rut. (laughs) And you have to recognize which one you're in. But too many people think they're in that rut and they look for something better. There's nothing wrong with that. But you should sort of superimpose or dovetail versus jump from one thing to another because – 
maybe what you were doing was actually the best thing to be doing. Now, when your dad told you that, mm -hmm. were you in a particular place at the time or were you would have you ever found yourself in that spot where you thought you were sort of? I think I was standing on the coast of Rhode Island in gale force winds covering a whale carcass mm. for Boston television. And he said, if you feel you're in a rut. And I said, I do. He said, got it. It's up to you to get yourself in a groove. And that's when I leapt out of local news and went to cable. Mm -hmm. And got hired by CNBC to cover the stock market, about which I knew zero. Really? Zero. Wow. I was a French major at Berkeley, <laughs> which is so useful. <laughs> Not. Um, but I just, it's the old fake it till you make it. I wanted yeah. to be in a smaller pond, but a, a sort of, I'm sorry, smaller fish in a bigger pond. Mm -hmm. And that was New York. And in doing so, I changed, I called it changing streams mid-course versus changing course midstream. I was still in television, but I just went to a different temperature of a stream, which was business news. And by doing that and being a niche player like you are in entertainment, yeah. it just helped survivability. Yeah. It really did. You're a gutsy person, Liz Clayman. Let me tell you, you something. You really are. Well, redheads tend to be. <laughs> Let's get to Toy Story 4. I want to tell yes. you that uh, my kids saw it. Both of them, and they were. We were at Century City uh -huh. in Los Angeles, and all of the cousins went. The Clayman clan, <laughs> all of them, even the twenty-one-year-old said it brought tears to their eyes. This forty-eight-year-old can admit it brought tears to his eyes too. Really, and again, it's sort of a franchise. You know, I sort of you thought you grew. You th I thought I grew out of. But the writing is so good. The characters are so great. The acting is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The animation is incredible. It's like they're, they're people. Um, and the storytelling is it, – it, they Pixar does it – no one does it like Pixar and Disney. Um, and I think people really enjoy it. You know, Buzz, Buzz Lightyear and Woody and the whole gang go on a brand new adventure, a road trip. And they find out the world is a bigger place for toys. Yeah. It's not just a toy box. So. All right, so I want to also talk a little bit about years and years. Now, we're going into television, okay. HBO, Yes. years and years. Oh, I, I am so uncool. I need to be cool for the summer. What the heck is that? I, we just stumbled upon it last weekend. Uh, it's episode two on HBO aired last night. It is like, you know, just a little context. Hollywood is down 10% right now at the box office, not to go all business, but why not? Mm -hmm. Um and I think part of the reason is television is so, so good, good right now. This show is like nothing I had ever seen before. It's sort of a a near future tragedy, dramedy, tragic, tragic but comedy. Mm -hmm. Come up with the term, whatever it is. It's about a diverse uh, family in Britain who's very British. Um, and it sort of focuses on the last two years of Donald Trump's second term mm. and what happens and what could happen and where we are as a society and to in a planet um it's it's not pro trump so you know some in our audience may not be all may not love it but it's so interesting and different you, you can't pull away from it and the acting again emma thompson stars as a nigel Fer, uh, farage like politician in the uh, UK. For those of you who don't know, Nigel Farage is very pro-populist Brexit. Yeah. He loves Donald Trump. And so she t uh, plays that type of politician, and she's so delicious in this. I mean, it's just – you will love it, Liz. I think. You think so? Yeah, yeah. So I don't – because I'm 
I always say to my sister when we were home, she said, let's let's do a viewing party of such and such show. And I said, okay, Danielle, I'm on TV. <laughs> I'm in TV. I'm surrounded by television. The last thing I want to do on vacation is watch television. But stuck on the plane coming back from L.A., there was nothing I hadn't already seen on the movie side. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting there on Delta. Delta. Yes, I fly. Delta one. Coach. I'm in the coach all squished. Oh, and I stop. Thought, I am. And I was all squished. Liz and I thought, Clayman should not be in coach. Tanya, get on that. Yeah, get on that. <laughs> Tanya Joseph, our superstar producer. Um, so I, I thought to myself, I got to just pass the time. So I looked on the TV series and there was Big Little Lies, which I'd never seen. Yeah. They only had three episodes. I had severe jitters after the third episode. I got to see the fourth. I got to see the fourth. (laughs) Doesn't it amaze you that Netflix and HBO and Amazon have now stepped it up? Showtime as well. Showtime, when you and I were kids, used to be sort of a B-movie rerun network. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many times can you see Deliverance? (laughs) (laughs) And, And honestly... Now it's so competitive that writers are valued. Writers and acting. And they and take chances. The, the whole creative community. I mean, because there's such a need for content right, right. now. What's you your look... favorite right now? Oh, another one lit. Probably Big Little Lies. Okay. Meryl Streep stars in season two. So Don't just... tell me I haven't seen it. I, all I would tell you this. How about this for a tease? Okay. Let's give Meryl Streep the Emmy right now. Really? Yeah. It hasn't even concluded. Though. I think they're only on episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, she is amazing in this. The cast of this, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern. Reese Witherspoon I, is amazing. Yes. Hilarious. Especially in the first couple of episodes. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. That's that's where I am. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, okay, now I have to get to what is going to break the internet, I'm pretty sure of it, or at least Netflix, and that is Stranger Things, debuting July 4th for its I third know. season. Again, brilliant. About the... Uh, the, the second season debuted around Halloween, and this time they're picking the summer, you know, get ready to go back to Hawkins, Indiana for strange things and the upside down and the whole crazy 80s retro. Which I love. Which I love, right? Oh, Super 8. It's <laughs> like that movie J.J. Abrams did on yeah. Super 8, which yeah. was all 80s. Yeah, yeah, about 70s, 80s. So I think a lot of people will not be watching fireworks this July 4th, but probably Stranger Things. Oh, I've, I've already oh. downloaded it for my trip, so. Oh, really? Can you do that? Oh, no. I will download right, it. You, you can. Will. I'm thinking ahead. It's been a it's long day, Liz. You're that important that they <laughs> gave it to you. Well, yes. They get pre-screeners you know, sometimes. Well, I don't know. I just adore Dustin and Lucas and Mike and, and Winona. Eleven. Yeah. Eleven. Who's, they're all getting older, though. It's And they, they look a little older than they're this one. So they're, they're hitting teen years, not Liz. Uh, what about the society? You know, the, again, this was a – think – uh, Lord of the Flies meets Gossip Girl. It's what? A sort what, of what, 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 what? with a little bit of Lost thrown in there. Okay. You know, a town is uh, a strange smell uh, infects the town, an odor. Oh, I'm riveted already. Uh, <laughs> and a high school cl- <laughs> and a high school class gets sent off to the uh, the mountains to hey, get that's away from living it. Living in New Jersey. <laughs> All parts of Give Long Island Queens, really? where I'm from. Um, <laughs> and they come back, and the class comes back to the town, and everyone is gone. And you can't figure out whether in the, they're in this alternative universe or something's happened. It's a little bizarre, but, you know, 
It's good. Okay. It's worth it. Sometimes. Let's get to music okay. as we finish yes. up here. Okay. You tell me what is the number one song at the top of your summer playlist. The song of the summer is from Whitney Houston. How and is that possible? It's possible. She did a cover. Mm-hmm. Let's hear a little bit of it first. Okay. Okay. Think about it. There must be a higher love down in the heart. Remix with DJ Kygo. Did I get the name right, Tanya? I did. I had to ask, who is this person? <laughs> it premiered. So not cool for the so summer. So not cool for the summer. Premiered for the first time at Pride this weekend here in New York. Okay. Um, it's actually a cover she did as a bonus to her 1990 album, uh, All That All That I All That I Need. All That, yes. But. That was only in Japan, by the way. That's so, a Stevie Winwood song. Well, the estate is now planning new projects. Okay. Um, they plan. They announced several new projects a couple of weeks ago. One is this hologram tour that's going to go around the country, which is so weird. Okay, that's so, so bizarre. bizarre. So bizarre. Please Whitney, stop. Don't. That, I can't. The other is new music, which we just heard, like mm-hmm. Higher Love, which is fantastic. Um, and then they're, they're planning a Broadway musical, too, which, please. Oh, like, it just, it's like bad karaoke. You know I'm a Tony Award voter. So I see everything. So what did you like, Liz Clayman, and what did you not like? Okay, I just saw Frankie and Zoe in the Claire de Lune starring okay. Audra McDonald and Michael Shannon. And there is, just so you know, Don't Bring the Kids, full nudity. Oh. And it Ooh. opens. So if you're going on a first date, I don't suggest you thought of that. <laughs> it's just going to be awkward. So I shouldn't bring my mom is what you're telling me. That will be awkward. Okay. You can see it separately from your mom, but no. Uh, I thought there were some amazing things. I'll tell you, Ain't Too Proud, which is the story of the Temptations. Huh. What an incredible story of the first uh, African-American black group singing yeah. and, and going crossover from Motown and becoming the number one singing group. And, oh, it's it, it, what a story. That's incredible. I loved Ain't Too Proud. I love the prom. It cl- It's closing, though, okay. August 11th, so rush and see that. And... I really wanted to hate Tootsie. I could not. It's really? hysterical. Okay. Like, who could be better than Dustin Hoffman, Bill Murray? It's hard. Uh, these two people, they're, they're unbelievable. The guy who plays Bill, the roommate, Bill Murray's character, they rewrite it so that it's not, you're not sitting there saying, wait, no, that line's not working. It is hysterically funny. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And To Kill a Mockingbird with Jeff Daniels. I heard that's fantastic. I'm dying to see Phenomenal. that. I've been a little down on Broadway lately. I just feel like... Well, here comes Moulin Rouge. I know. I, I took my mother to go see Waitress again, even mm-hmm. though she insists we didn't take it the first time. But okay, it's all the story. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. It's a good story. But like, there's nothing memorable about any of the music. They're all talking through dialogue. You know? Right. Um, and then we I, we saw Donna Summer, we mm-hmm. saw Cher, and, and there's a bunch of others, and it's all sort of like bad karaoke. Yeah, well, Cher was bad karaoke, I know, yeah. but uh, people loved it. People love it. People love it. I, I did like the Donna Summer story because, again, both Cher and Donna Summer have incredible stories to tell of fighting and persisting through a very tough slog yeah. to make it to not just up there – to the very top. Yeah. And that's sort of what we try and do here at Everyone Talks to Liz is tell those stories. And I'm honored, Michael Tamaro. Liz Clayman. To tell your story. Well, thank of you so much for Intern to television star and Hollywood and entertainment reporter, which is something a lot of people out there want to do. And you did it. Or Big Muckety Muck. Whatever. P- t- have your pick. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, we'll do the Yiddish macher. A big macher. <laughs> 
Michael, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Ms. Clayman. And everyone can see Michael on Fox News doing entertainment reports and Fox Business. And by the way, you guys, special surprise if you tune in Monday on the Fox Business Network to watch my show, 3 p.m. Eastern. We have a new name. Oh, I heard about this. It is now called The Clayman Countdown. Yes! <laughs> 12 years later. <laughs> so no more of the longest show name in cable countdown to the closing bell with liz clayman it's the clayman countdown i love it to the point yep but good things come to those who just put one foot in front of the other and keep on fighting and pull the pull out of that groove yeah or the rut the rut the rut <laughs> get it right get it right <laughs> yeah some things sometimes you think you're in a groove but you're really in a rut Great to have you, Michael. Thanks Thanks for having me. And I hope everybody has a lovely holiday week. And uh, join us for Everyone Talks to Liz. But again, I'll see you Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Fox Business Network. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.